0: and Welcome to episode 20 of Grim Podcast. I'm Sylvie. I don't have to tell you that myths have many tricks and jokes played in them. Myths also come from stories that come from strong beliefs of people. So, of course, I'm going to read a shortened version of tales from Thor and his brother Loki. Side note, I adapted these from some videos I found from TED-Ed on YouTube, and all credit goes to the original writers of the videos. So, now that we've got that cleaned up, back to the podcast. First, we'll check out how Thor got his camera. Then I'll continue this Little Mythology series next week, and we'll see what happens in Loki and the Master Builder, a short fable of a brick wall, and a proposal. So if you want me to continue, just email me or message me. I'll put the link and my email in the description. So without further ado, let's start reading. Loki, the god of mischief, was going completely nuts. Last night, while the other gods had drifted off to sleep, he crept into Thor's wife's, or Sif's, chambers, and cut off all her golden locks. To Loki, it was a laughable joke, but Thor took things much more seriously than that. To prevent any harm being done to him, Loki had to cook up some way to undo his deed. A thought struck him, like one of Thor's lightning bolts. Of course! The dwarves! They were legendary blacksmiths who could craft anything. Loki gathered what he needed and journeyed to their realms deep in the earth and mountains. He needed to get the families to compete against each other to do what he wanted. First, he visited the doorstep of the Ivaldi sons. He claimed that another family bearing sons by the names of Brock and Atri said they were the best craftsmen in the world and were sure to prove so in a competition. The rules were that each family create three gifts for the gods, and for the Ivaldis, golden hair for Sif. After that, he took to Brock and Atri and told them the same as the Ivaldi's, but told them that the Ivaldis said that they were the best. Even though he said this, the brothers wouldn't fall for it. They would only partake in the challenge if he put his very own head on the table. Like, actually, if they won, Loki's head would be theirs. So, Loki couldn't do anything but to give up his head until he could find a way to have the sons of Ivaldi win. The dwarfs got to work. Atri told Brock to make sure he didn't stop manning the bellows or the gifts would be wrecked. Not long after, an interesting black fly made its way into the room. While a piece of pigskin was set in the forge, the fly flew up and stung Brock's hand. He didn't even flinch. Then, the fly flew over to Atri, who was working hard on a block of gold and bit hard on his neck. The dwarf dwarf didn't move and continued with his work. Finally, as an iron block was being set down in the furnace, the fly landed on the dwarf's eyelid and bit down as hard as it possibly could. That was the only thing the fly needed. For only a second, the dwarf's hands left the bellows and the iron wasn't in the fire long enough. The treasure was ruined. The fly now assumed its regular form, Loki, and soaked in the failure of the brothers. Then he led both families to present their treasures to the gods. Before the gods, Loki presented the Ivaldi sons and their gifts. The hair for Sif, growing on her head, made her glow even more than before. Then, Odin, the Allfather, received a spear that could pierce through any material. Lastly, a little cloth that became an incredible ship for Freyr, the god of the harvest. Next up, there was Brokk, who presented the gods the treasures made from his brother and himself. The gift for Freyr was a boar with golden bristles that would pull his chariot faster than any that had been crafted before. The treasure for Odin was a golden arm ring, which produced eight more rings on every ninth night. Finally, Thor got a hammer called Mjolnir. The handle was too short, and Loki thought this was an automatic disadvantage. But then, Brock told him the powers of it. It would never break, never miss the target, and would always return to Thor if it was thrown. Despite the handle being too short, it was agreeable that Mjolnir was the greatest gift of them all. After remembering that his own head was on the line, Loki tried to get away, but Thor reached him first. Before the dwarves took his head, he pointed out that they could have his head, but not his neck, so they weren't allowed to chop it off. They reluctantly admitted that it was the truth, but Brock would win this time. He took an awl and sewed the mischievous god's mouth shut so that he couldn't ever spread his malicious words again. Okay, I know that was a really short story, so I'm just going to throw in another one. Uh, It's called The Girl and the Snake, and it is a Swedish fairy tale. So, I hope you enjoy this. Once upon a time, there was a girl who was to go to the wood and drive the cattle home. But she did not find the herd, and losing her way instead, came to a great hill. It had gates and doors, and she went in. There stood a table covered with all sorts of good things to eat. And there stood a bed as well, and in the bed lay a great snake. The snake said to the girl, Sit down if you choose, eat if you choose, come and lie down on the bed if you choose. But if you do not choose, then do not do so. The girl said nothing at all. At last the snake said, Some people are coming now who want you to dance with them, but do not go along with them. Straight away people arrived who wanted to dance with the girl, but she would hear nothing of it. Then they began to eat and drink, but the girl left the hill and went home. The following day she went again to the wood to look for the cattle, did not find them, lost her way again, and came to the same hill. This time she also entered and found everything as it had been the first time, the well-spread table and the bed with the snake in it. And the snake said to her as before, "'Sit down if you choose, eat if you choose, come and lie in the bed if you choose.' but if you do not choose, then do not do so. Now a great many more people are coming who will want to dance with you, but do not go with them. The snake had scarcely concluded before a great many people arrived who began to dance, eat, and drink, but the girl did not keep them company. Instead, she left the hill and went home. On the third day, when she once more went into the wood, everything happened exactly as on the first and second day. The snake invited her to eat and drink, and this time she did so, with a hearty appetite. Then the snake told her to lie down beside him, and the girl obeyed. Then the snake said, put your arm about me. She she did so. And now kiss me, said the snake, but if you are afraid, put your apron between us. The girl did so, and in a moment the snake was turned into a marvelously handsome youth, who was really a prince, bewitched in the form of a snake by magic spells, and now delivered by the girl's courage. Then both of them went away, and there was nothing further hurt from them. Alright, so that brings this episode to an end. Uh, thank you everyone so much for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Till our next adventure. Bye, gremlings.